Welcome to Xanadu Gallery's Red Dot Podcast. I'm Jason Horsch, owner of Xanadu Gallery, publisher of Red Dot Blog, and your host for this podcast. This is episode six, and it's a pleasure to be here with you again today. Uh, by way of a couple quick announcements, um, I wanted to let you all know that in addition to this podcast being available on Red Dot Blog and through our newsletter, uh, we've also begun distributing it through uh, all the major podcast distribution channels. So it's now available on iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, I, I'm sure there are others. Um, those are the main ones that I was aware of. So we made sure we got the feed into those, which means you can now find the podcast uh, where you typically listen to podcasts and automatically download it there. Um, and if there are other services that you use and feel we should uh, have the podcast feed on, um, be sure and uh, hit me up with an email. Let me know. We'll uh, We'll do our best to get it on there and make it as convenient as possible for you to listen to this podcast. Uh, today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about an adventure that I had this last week uh, on a trip to Denver. Um, and there are some interesting things that happened with this trip, and I think some good lessons to be learned uh, art business-wise, marketing-wise, and so I thought I'd share a little bit of the story of how the trip came about uh, and, and kind of some of the uh, broader lessons to be learned from this kind of adventure. So back in uh, February, might have been late January, February, uh, we had a client come into the gallery uh, Elaine, my director, worked with this client, uh, and he was in the gallery for just a very brief amount of time. Uh, Elaine says that it was maybe 10 or 15 minutes, came in, quickly looked around, um, was greeted, and um, looked at some of the art. Elaine had a, a quick conversation with him, um, and as, as uh, you know, he's kind of had made his way around the gallery, uh, he went back to a couple of, of uh, artwork pieces and said, you know what, I'm going to take a couple of pieces and uh, pointed to a bench. Uh, we call them tailgate benches by Anthony Dono, which they're really cool, kind of vintage, uh, functional artworks um, that this young artist puts together uh, made out of uh, old parts from cars. Uh, so in particular, he'll take a tailgate from a pickup truck and use that as the backrest for a bench, and then he'll use springs. And in, and in this case, uh, the piece was called the 56 wrench bench. The armrests were big uh, craftsman wrenches. And so really kind of a cool, fun, funky piece. Um, and then the client also uh, saw a large abstract uh, painting. Uh, to call it a painting is a little bit inaccurate. It's a mixed media piece, kind of almost more sculptural with very thick acrylic paint and an inlay of dichroic fused glass in a large circular format. This piece was 48 inches by 48 inches. Uh, just a really cool, very contemporary piece. And so this client indicated he'd like those pieces. Um, he asked if there was any room to, to move on the pricing, and Elaine worked up a multi-piece purchase deal for him. He accepted it, 
ran the credit card and and then she asked, you know, when would you like these pieces delivered and and that and he said, well, I'm redoing my house in Denver and um, you know, we're we're just kind of getting started on construction. So I don't need them right away. Um, you, you know, sometime late spring or early summer would be great if you can hold on to them here. And uh, Elaine said that we could do that. And in fact, um, she thought that she uh, might be able to deliver the artwork um, because uh, she and John, and, and by the way, John and Elaine are my parents. So that's kind of the connection for those of you who don't know. So, so she and my, my dad were going to be uh, taking a trip back east, and she thought that they might be able to um, just drive the pieces up in early June, deliver them to him, and then go on their way to Minneapolis, Chicago, and and all the way out uh, to to Maine. And so he thought that'd be great. That that was kind of how the details were left, and um, the 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 sale was done. Great sale, you know, um, easy. The the client was very pleasant, and. Um, you know, it just seemed like a, a great opportunity to bring a new collector into the fold. Uh, he's redoing a house, so maybe there are going to be additional opportunities. Um, and the the uh, delivery was going to kind of work into other plans that were in the works. So it was great. Well, then things got um, a little bit complicated um, just by the fact that uh, in in April... Um, Elaine and, and my dad, my mom and dad took a trip to, uh, the Northwest. So up to, uh, Boise, Idaho, and then around through Portland down to Northern California and back to Arizona, um, and started to, to wonder if they wanted to take quite as long a trip as they had, had anticipated and, and if they wanted to be doing um, that that uh, long swinging, many mile trip out east, and so the, the there was kind of a question mark thrown into whether the delivery to Denver would work, and also um, during the the following kind of the months between when he had purchased the piece and and um, mid May. Uh, couple of, of client or excuse me a couple of artists that we had been working with um, for several years we decided that um, for various reasons which I'll talk about a little bit later uh, for various reasons it no longer was uh, optimal or beneficial for us to be showing these artists work we weren't just weren't selling their work um, as much as we used to be or, or in an optimal amount. And so it would make sense to return these artists' work. And it just so happened that um, one of the artists was in northern Colorado, Loveland, Colorado, um, and uh, another in Santa Fe. And so we kind of realized, okay, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of in the same direction. If you're traveling from Phoenix to Denver area, there are several different ways you can do that, but one of the most uh, direct and the one that includes most freeway is going to be through Santa Fe, up through Albuquerque, Santa Fe, uh, and then up into Colorado Springs and on into Denver. And so um, kind of realized there was some momentum building to take this trip anyway. Um, yes, we could have shipped everything. We could have shipped the client his artwork, and we could have shipped back uh, the artists their artwork. But um, 
you know, it would have been a, a hefty expense to do that, um, you, you know, running into, you know, probably close to a couple thousand dollars, if not even a little bit more, uh, between packing all that artwork up and taking it up. And so um, I had taken a similar trip uh, back in January where I drove, uh, actually took my dad and we drove out to Houston um, and, and took artwork back to artists in uh, New Mexico and, and in Austin, Texas, and then on into Houston and there and back. And, um, I, you know, I don't do a lot of those kinds of trips, but had, had just done that one and thought that a trip to Denver wouldn't be out of the question, especially where we had these, these things all kind of lining up and needed to get artwork um, delivered back in, into that area. And so I decided that, well, let's, let's make it happen. Not quite spur of the moment, you know, there was some thought process that had come into it, but uh, timing wise, we decided that last week, uh, the, kind of the second week of May, was going to be um, a good window of opportunity to deliver the artwork. Uh, first of all, I, I had a pretty clear calendar there. Um, one of the artists that whose work we would be returning was needing the artwork back. And, um, uh, and then we contacted our client and he said it would be fine to, to make that, uh, delivery. And so we thought, okay, let's just kind of, uh, figure this out and, and work out the logistics and, and make it happen. Um, from a delivery standpoint, it wasn't going to be too terribly complicated. Every, you know, yes, the um, bench that we'd be taking, um, you know, was not tiny, but it wasn't huge either. Um, and and then the forty-eight by forty-eight inch square would fit um, in a van, and and we realized we were going to be able to fit everything in um, minivan and uh, drive it all up and and do it pretty quickly. Uh, my hope was that I might be able to drive up. Uh, make it to Denver in one day, unload the next morning, and possibly drive back, um, you know, late that morning, uh, get all the way back to Phoenix and do just do a quick two-day turnaround. Um, and and so we started working towards towards that and and putting everything together. And so Tuesday, as I was kind of getting everything ready to go, I loaded the van up at the gallery. Uh, Tuesday morning. And then one of the last things I did before I left the gallery on Tuesday was to forward some images and some copy um, to Elaine. And, and I asked her to put together a, uh, an email blast um, promoting the sculpture of uh, one of the other artists that we represent here in the gallery. Uh, Bill Freer. I'd been working with Bill. We've been showing his work just since uh, last fall and um, hadn't had a lot of activity or interest. In, and so our thought was, how can we kind of pump things up a little bit? And um, you know, I've been showing it on the website, but but decided that we should go ahead and uh, feature his work in one of our regular uh, newsletter emails. Um, and so Bill sent me some images, some professional images of the of several of the sculptures that we have in the gallery, um, and those were the images that I forwarded on to Elaine and asked her to put together an email. and um, And then I left for the day to go home and get packed up and and ready to go for the trip the next morning. Well, um, about four four thirty. 
I got an email in my inbox showing the, um, the, the test email that Elaine had put together, and I looked over it, uh, made a couple of quick modifications, um, and then sent it out. We use MailChimp for our mailing list management and newsletter distribution. And so it, it, she could go in and draft the email, and then she sends it on to me as a test, and I'm able to go in and take a look at it, um, you know, make comments or, or corrections, and um, then go ahead and send it out. And so I did. I, I, there were just, like I say, a couple minor things, fixed those, sent it out, um, and kind of went back to packing, getting ready to go for the trip. Well, about uh, 8 o'clock Tuesday evening, uh, I got a phone call from Elaine, and she said, my client in Denver saw that email and is interested in one of the, the sculptures in that email, actually the, the larger piece. And since he knew you're coming tomorrow, he's kind of thinking about having you bring that sculpture with you. Well, uh, what are we going to say? Of course, yeah, that'd be great. This is a, a, a major outdoor sculptural piece. Um, and, uh, you know, w would, would al although it's a, a big piece, we could make arrangements to add this. We'd need to get a trailer and um, bring it along with us. And, and so the question from him was, again, what, what, do you have any room to move on, on the pricing? And so Elaine contacted the artist and uh, just kind of talked to him a little bit about the circumstances and the details. You know, we'd obviously been interested in stirring something up and in getting a, a, a first sale under our belts for the artist. And so he was, was uh, quite willing to work with us and our client to, to get pricing. And we went back and forth a little bit with the client um, negotiating. You know, it would have been crazy to, to refuse that. In a future podcast, we'll talk more about nego the negotiation process. Um, any of those of you who've been following the blog or are in the Art Business Academy know that I'm an advocate of using negotiation as a tool to close sales. And so uh, just to be clear, there was no reluctance on any of our part to, to make the sale happen and do the negotiation. I went to bed uh, Tuesday night pretty late, actually, and, and we hadn't quite heard yet uh, if the deal was done. And so it wasn't until I woke up Wednesday morning uh, that I found out the client had emailed back, said he wanted to take the piece, actually would provide a credit card number that we could run before we loaded the sculpture up. Um, and, you know, it just kind of happened very quickly. Uh, and of course, this suddenly changes the whole equation of, of this uh, delivery. You know, it, it made a lot of sense um, in terms of cost savings to put together a trip rather than trying to ship everything back. Uh, as it was, but now that we were also selling a major sculptural piece and going to be able to deliver that, um, you know, suddenly the trip it became much more profitable and frankly more exciting, less of a chore and, and more of an adventure. And now, now that he's agreed to it, now we have to scramble a little bit to work out the details of making this delivery happen. As I mentioned, I was loaded in a, in a minivan. This sculpture was large enough that there was no way it was going to fit along with the other artwork that we were taking with us. And so we added, uh, rented a U-Haul trailer uh, 
Um, and my, my dad and I went and picked that up um, first thing Wednesday morning, drove over to the gallery. Um, and, and in the meantime, uh, Elaine had been calling uh, our local company, Rest Assured, that handles and does a lot of our local deliveries, our more complicated installations. Um, and, and they're kind of an interior design and art delivery company um, and, and have a lot of uh, flexibility. But what we needed from them this time was, was just some muscle power because this sculpture... Uh, and, and by the way, I'll include a photograph of the sculpture on the podcast page on our website. So if you're listening to this um, somewhere other than our website, I'd encourage you to hop over and you'll see some photos of this trip under the podcast section on red.blog.com. Um, and you'll see that this piece is um, about, it's got to be about seven feet tall it is a steel, a rusted steel and glass sculpture, and it's on a big round base. And then the sculpture itself is kind of an abstract, intricate pattern um, and, and rotates on a, a pole and bearing on the, the uh, base. And um, what needed to happen was that the top of the sculpture needed to be lifted off of the base and then wrapped. And then the base and, and sculpture needed to be loaded in the trailer. And this was going to be something that was going to be more difficult and require more muscles than uh, my father and I could comfortably do together. And so we were fortunate that we already have a good relationship with, um, with Rest Assured, the delivery company, because we called them and said, you know, we're sorry not to be able to give you more heads up and more of a warning, but we need a couple of guys at the gallery in a couple of hours. And I suspect that had we not already had a, a good relationship with them and have, have done a fair amount of business with them, they might not have been quite so flexible, but... Uh, they were able to reroute one of their trucks and two of their delivery guys to the gallery, kind of on their way to another job. And um, those guys were then able to help us uh, disassemble the sculpture, wrap it up, place it in the trailer, and, and kind of get things all put together. And that put us um, leaving the gallery just a couple of hours later than we had originally planned. Um, but that also changed then the logistics of uh, and, and kind of the timing of our trip because now we wouldn't be getting into Santa Fe until probably, we thought, 5.30, 6, maybe even 6.30, just depending on traffic and, and how we got out of town. Um, and, and then subsequently, we, we wouldn't, it would be difficult to make it from Santa Fe all the way to Denver or Loveland that night. And, and so we kind of had to scramble again a little bit to rearrange timing of when we were going to, to hit the artist studios to return the artwork um, and, and also, um, you know, just kind of trying to think about what the timing would be for delivering the artwork to the client's home. Uh, we, we, we scrambled things up a little bit as far as that goes too. Um, but we hit the road and the, the great thing about modern communication is that uh, with a cell phone, you, you kind of have a mobile office with you and you can take care of 
a lot of details while you're rolling down the, the road. And what ended up happening was, um, well, first of all, traffic being what it is, we, we got on that, the, we drove up through uh, eastern Arizona up to northern Arizona, hit the I-40 over to Albuquerque. And of course, on this, this little journey from uh, Winslow, Arizona to Albuquerque, we hit traffic. There were a couple of accidents that, that slowed us down dramatically, but it ended up being closer to 7, 7.30 by the time we rolled into Santa Fe. Um, you know, we unloaded the artwork with the, the artist there and, um, and then decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and push on and we're not going to make it all the way into Denver, but we can make it into Colorado Springs by about midnight. So we rolled on up the highway and then, um, about an, oh, probably two hours out of Santa Fe getting into Southern Colorado, it starts raining and actually sleeting and snowing. Not exactly something that you might expect in May, but that's what we ran into. We ended up getting a little later than we thought into Colorado Springs, got a hotel room, went to sleep, and um, and then decided that we could kind of shuffle things around. We would still be able to make our delivery at one o'clock to our client, which was the original plan. And um, we had had set up to have two guys from a moving company there to help us unload the sculpture and set it up. And, and that's kind of another story where we had, uh, had Elaine call around to a number of different companies, um, started with some interior design delivery companies, just like the ones we have, uh, the one we have here, uh, didn't have any luck in terms of their schedule being available. And then she called a couple of moving companies and one of them uh, fortunately had a couple of guys that they could make available to us and they also um, you know kind of as a side business do some fine art installation and delivery and so uh, it was going to work out perfectly and um, and so we kind of flexed around our, the the rest of our schedule uh, to be able to to meet that demand, you know, obviously our highest priority in this, is, as far as timing goes, is to be convenient for our client, and and um, y- you know we had more complications going on there, having to to meet the delivery company at a specific time, and so that was going to be our priority. We shuffled around a couple of the the other deliveries we were making to artists, and, and then kind of rolled into our day. We went up to Loveland dropped off um, some sculptures uh, there for an artist, rolled back down to uh, Denver um, and met at the, uh, the client's home, uh, beautiful home um, in Englewood. The delivery driver showed up right on time and it kind of just went like clockwork. Unloaded the sculpture, set it in, in place, and then actually the client is still working on remodeling his home. So we put the other pieces that he had purchased back in, in earlier in the year in the guest home that they're currently staying in while this this house is being remodeled. Again, kind of the timing worked out perfectly. Uh, the client was very happy. He showed us around the house that they're remodeling and, and the yard and said he was interested in uh, potentially having another sculpture um, by the same artist, uh, an even larger sculpture, 
uh, out in front of the house. So showed us where he might think to, to do that and then mentioned that uh, when he gets finished remodeling the, the home, which is a many thousand square feet home, it was kind of incredible actually, 18,000 square f- uh, feet of home space that, that, that they were remodeling. And he told us that he doesn't have much art for it, so he's going to need a lot of art. Obviously, we were... Uh, more than thrilled to spend some time with him, getting to know him, looking around the house, um, and and uh, just just kind of laying some groundwork for future relationship and future artwork. Got got that delivery all done. The piece was set up and looks awesome. Like I say on the uh, blog, you'll see some some photos of the piece installed, uh, and then we hit the road and and um, headed on back to Arizona. Um, we ended up, instead of making it back on Thursday evening, as I originally planned, we stopped in Moab, Utah, um, and, and then rolled back down to Phoenix um, uh, Friday afternoon, got in at about 2.30. So it was a, about a two-and-a-half-day trip, all in all. Um, a great adventure, lots of country scene, and, and uh, my dad and I like to travel together. We always have long, winding philosophical discussions and discussions about the art world and the art business and all those kinds of things. And so it's kind of fun to, to, to just break the routine and get out and, and do something that's a little bit different. And, uh, you know, my schedule doesn't always accommodate doing something like that. Um, but, uh, we were fortunate that everything just worked out like clockwork for this, um, this, this, uh, multifaceted delivery back, uh, artwork back to artists and, and then to have this major sale occur, um, in the midst of all of that, it was just, a you know, you almost couldn't imagine, even if you planned it, you couldn't imagine it working out any better than it did. And so I think a couple of things, kind of some, some lessons to, to look at and, and some, uh, concepts, uh, that I wanted to discuss. Um, first of all, uh, just just this whole um, part of the equation of returning artwork to artists. Um, in this case, I had a couple of artists that I was uh, ending the relationship with um, and returning the artwork, um, and then one artist that I was returning artwork but um, would be switching out in for our next season, getting some additional pieces in. And so, um, you know, looking at that, um, at, at that aspect of it, I think there are some some important points to discuss and, and talk about because, you know, I spend a lot of time on the blog and um, in my book and, and in conversations with artists talking about the process of establishing relationships with galleries and kind of the ins and outs of working with gallery owners and gallery staff and, and accommodating and, and um, you know, just working to build a very positive, successful relationship. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time talking about the steps to do that and the ins and outs and the logistics of handling all of it. And, and I think that um, it's, it's equally important. And sometimes I get questions from artists asking about, okay, you know, that's the beginning of the relationship and establishing the relationship. What about when it doesn't work out? What, 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 what's, what are the procedures and process and how do you know when it's not working and how do you get artwork back and, and, you know, how does all of that work? And, 
you know, it's it's in some ways, if you wanted to, you could think of of that as a negative. You know, things didn't work out the way you'd hoped they would, or um, you know, kind of petered out over the long run, and um, you know, it feels like an unfortunate situation and wish things, uh, you know, had continued to go well or taken off more than they did. And, and that is understandable. I mean, there's no way around it that, um, you know, there's, there's going to be some disappointment when um, things don't, don't work or don't continue to work and the sales don't come the way that everybody had hoped they would. And, you know, it's important to remember that this is, um, you know, certainly it's, it's a relationship and, um, you know, I would say that with many of my artists, it's, it's more than just a business relationship. There, there is a deeper relationship that's often formed between, um, the, the, the gallery and the artists that they're working with. Um, but at the end of the day, the whole relationship is, is based on and built around a business relationship. And, um, you know, I, th- I think of it this way that if, if, despite your best efforts and your ongoing efforts to sell work for an artist, um, you, you know, nobody's doing anyone any good by continuing that on long beyond its, its reasonable life. Um, and, and ultimately, if after a, a considerable uh, and, and uh, you know, kind of judicious amount of time the artwork isn't selling, um, it, it is often the case that it's better for everyone involved to, um, you know, shake hands and say it was a good run and, and move on to the next relationship. It certainly doesn't do you any good um, to, to have the artwork languishing in a gallery. It's, it's not good for the gallery. They, they're tying up space that could be used for artwork that's, that's selling more quickly. It's not good for you because the gallery is going to be holding inventory that you could potentially be showing in another venue um, and, and, and turning over rather than just having it sit there. And, and so even though it's, it's uh, a little bit sad sometimes and, and um, you know, not what you would have wanted to happen, sometimes that ending that relationship is, is the only way to move forward for everyone. And I may be guilty of hanging on even a little bit longer than I probably should with some artists. Just kind of to, to give some, some basic guidelines. You know, we, we review sales on a pretty consistent basis. Um, certainly once annually, we're really going over and, and combing through the numbers and look at who's selling and who's not. Our approach typically is to, you know, obviously you're going to pay attention to those that are selling well and continue to promote them, look at placement and, and you want to keep that momentum going. But another big purpose is to look at the ones who aren't selling as well. And we always start by asking the question, okay, this artist isn't doing as well as maybe we had hoped. Um, or, or maybe sales have dropped off, what can we do to invigorate or reinvigorate those sales? There are things you can do as far as sending out emails, um, you know, placement in the gallery. We just try to mix things up. But sometimes, um, even after you've done that, it, it doesn't end up working. So in this case, with the, the three artists I was returning on this trip, Santa Fe and two into um, Colorado, 
Um, one of them was a sculptor that I've been showing for oh, probably six or seven years, maybe even a little bit longer. And over the, the last several years, sales just kind of dropped off steadily, partly possibly just because of the repeated exposure that our clients were getting. You know, there comes a point sometimes where you've hit the clients that are going to be interested in that work. They've bought what they're going to buy and maybe have bought multiple pieces and aren't going to be ready to buy any more of, of that work. And, um, you know, even though we're constantly getting new people through, um, sometimes you can just kind of wear out the energy for a, a particular artist. And, and then another factor with the sculptor was that there had been a significant price increase for the work about two years ago, and we noticed a, a definite decline in sales after that as well. I want to be careful in talking about that because I don't want you to think that price increases are a terrible thing and you can ruin your sales. This artist increased prices because demand was strong and in other venues that uh, you know the thought was that uh, a higher price point could be supported as far as I know that artist is continuing to do well in other venues it just happened that in our dynamic with the different work that we're showing that higher price point no longer fit in you know just kind of had a, a drag on sales and and so that was kind of the end of the relationship and then um, the other two artists uh, we sold a, a few pieces over the course of several years, but just, again, never really took off and caught fire the way you'd like to see happen with with your artists. And so um, with both of those artists, it, it was clear that after several years of trying, and, and again, for us, for my gallery, that's kind of how I think of things. Um, I, I look at, at things on a time scale of, of years, not months, because sometimes it does take some time to get momentum going. That, uh, you, you know, you just want to be... It, and like I say, it's never easy, but you just want to kind of steal yourself up and know that you don't have to take it personally. And it doesn't mean it's that your art isn't any good or hopefully it doesn't mean that the gallery is, is uh, you know, isn't any good. It's, it's just that sometimes it doesn't click and, and you kind of can't know that until you try. And, and if it doesn't click, then like I say, uh, you want to move on. So uh, so that was one thing, um, you know, kind of one thing to, to, to explore a little bit. The other thing I wanted to, to just briefly mention in, in closing is that when it comes to marketing, it's really important to keep doing the things that you know you need to do, uh, even when, and I would say especially when, they don't seem to be working. And in this case, what I'm referring to is our email newsletter. In this instance, we had a dramatic sale that was generated from that email newsletter. You know, it really is a pretty simple thing to put the newsletter together and send it out. And we try to do that fairly regularly. Um, however, you know, a lot of the time those newsletters go out into the ether and nothing comes from them. You can see that people are opening them and, and maybe sometimes you'll, you'll generate an inquiry from it. Um, but we're fairly regular in sending that newsletter out. We send out two, three, sometimes four a month during season. And the vast majority of those emails kind of think of them as building brand awareness and, and artwork awareness for our artists, but not necessarily as generating sales. Certainly, we don't see um, sales from each and every newsletter, that email newsletter that we send out. It's just one of, of numerous marketing avenues that we're pursuing. But it would be very easy to say, and I suspect that many of you have, have run into this, um, you know, you get excited about a marketing avenue, 
be it a blog, social media, uh, print advertising, or an email newsletter. And you, you know, you get some some excitement and momentum going and you send a few out or you put out a few ads and, and maybe you even get a, a sale or, or a quick response. There's kind of some uh, beginner's luck that comes with, with uh, a lot of these different kinds of advertising um, opportunities. Uh, because people get excited at seeing something new, but then you you lose that as as you are consistent and persistent in it. Um, you know you can start to to see the results wind down a little bit. And so certainly with our email newsletter, that that is a real temptation. It's hard to get excited about devoting the time and energy, even though it's not a, a tremendous amount of effort. Um, you can start to feel like, oh, I'm just wasting my time putting together this newsletter. Why am I sending out another email this week? The one last week didn't do anything. The one the week before that didn't do anything. Uh, You know, it's even worth it. Why bother? Those are the times that you really need to just hunker down and and keep doing it and and be persistent. Goodness, here's an example where we had had exactly that happen for several weeks. We'd been sending out emails with with limited results. And I would say even over the the course of the last several months, the majority of those those newsletters don't result in anything. But then the stars align. Um, You know, in this case, we happen to already be making a trip. And and when, when I put that email um, or, or ask Elaine to put that email together, I wasn't specifically thinking about this particular client that we we're going to be delivering artwork to in Denver. I, it didn't even cross my mind. I was just knew that we wanted to be doing some promotion and, and pushing this, uh, this artist's imagery out. And so we put the email together, it goes out. And there was a pretty good chance that 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 client wouldn't even have seen the email or or would have seen it a few days later in his inbox. Um, But it just so happened that he was in a position where, uh, who knows, maybe he was looking at his phone, that email came in, he knew we were coming the next day and, and those stars aligned. And, you know, there's a lot of serendipity involved there. You might call it luck. But at the end of the day, I feel that we make our luck and that it's through a combination of all of our various efforts, um, marketing and promotional efforts, production of your work, and, and just all of that activity done consistently and constantly, always putting your images out there, getting exposure. Um, you know, for you as an artist, it also includes you know making sure your work is is in venues where it can be seen, whether that's galleries or shows that you're participating in. It's a combination of all of that that comes together and then aligns up and and you have those opportunities to make sales that you wouldn't have otherwise made. Um, and so, if, you know, if I could take away the, the kind of the, the, uh, the, the big lesson from, from this, it is to, to continue to pursue and, and promote yourself in, in every way possible. And, and especially with something like a, an email newsletter, you know, obviously there are some elements that have to come together. Um, we have a, a fairly uh, deep list, mailing list that we have built over the course of 15 years um, you know, of, of all the the collectors who've come through the gallery and, and even those people who have come into the gallery and been interested but haven't bought yet, we strive to collect those email addresses. And so, uh, you know, obviously our mailing list is, is probably going to be a little deeper than yours is going to be. Um, but... You know, this is this is one of the basics that um, you, you should just be constantly pursuing when you're at an event or a show. 
um, you, you know, where you are doing your own promotion, it makes a lot of sense to have um, the tools in place to collect email addresses. And, and having built that, starting to build that list, it also makes a lot of sense to devote a little bit of time to setting up a newsletter and letting your clients and followers know about the artwork that you're creating through an e-newsletter. The online services that host email lists and newsletters have become a lot easier to use. We use, as I mentioned, MailChimp. And for an artist, a service like that can make a lot of sense. I think it's up to 2,000 subscribers and their service is free for you. Uh, beyond that, you do have to pay for it, and, and obviously our, our list is a lot bigger than that, so we do uh, pay for their service. But for you, um, you know, it's, it's free and just takes a little bit of your time to get into the habit of regularly sending out newsletters and, and regularly doing social media posts, showing new artwork, and that as you do that, and, and as your lists grow, and as your exposure increases, you're going to have those same kind of stars align for you. So I would encourage you to let this story serve as a catalyst for pushing you into a recommitment if you need to make one to being more consistent in your promotional efforts. And if your interest lies in showing with galleries, being consistent and persistent in your efforts to build those relationships and get your work out there um, so you can multiply the, those kinds of efforts. And finally, um, I think in closing, I'd say um, don't be afraid to have an adventure from time to time. We're in a fun business and I would encourage you to go with it have fun this this particular trip was a great opportunity for me to go out and meet a client that I hadn't met provide superior service to that client um, you know I, I think he was impressed with the work we'd put into arranging the logistics to place the sculpture you know that we, we'd been able to react quickly to his desire to acquire the piece and so you can, can help yourself look more professional in the eyes of your collectors by, you know, doing a little bit of uh, bending over backward to meet their needs. And, and I'll kind of keep you posted as uh, hopefully that uh, effort results in, in even additional sales down the road as, as we work with this client. You know, he now knows uh, that we have the ability to get uh, artwork to his, his home, even though we're many hundreds of miles away, and that we are easy to work with and reliable. And so those are opportunities that, that uh, you can take advantage of as well, looking for opportunities to interact with your collectors. Share your art adventures by leaving a comment on uh, the blog post uh, that, that has this podcast. Again, if you're listening to it somewhere else, you can just hop over to red.blog.com and click on the podcast section and then find this episode and leave a comment. I'd love to hear about any trips that you have taken or or extra mile that you've gone to deliver and install artwork for a client, what the results were. I'd love to hear about uh, unexpected results from your marketing efforts. If you do an email newsletter or just even reach out personally to your clients via email, I'd love to hear uh, about your experiences in um, you know having successful results from that. Uh, so go to red.blog and leave a, a comment there. If you haven't signed up for our email newsletter, uh, you can also do that on the blog. There is a uh, link in the upper right corner of every page to join our mailing list, uh, and you'll be the first to get updates of new podcasts and blog posts about uh, art business and art marketing news. 
I'd love to have you join the newsletter there. It's free and uh, there are frequent updates. So I look forward to having you on the list. And I would encourage you to join us for the next podcast. Uh, I've really been enjoying doing these. This is our sixth episode um, and I've gotten great response. Um, and, and I've heard that uh, many of you are enjoying this format. You can throw it on the uh uh, throw it on your mobile device or on the stereo in the studio and listen while you're working. Um, so I'm, I'm honored that you have me join you in the studio and I'll look forward to having you uh, join us for the next podcast.